take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Zivi Kivi, and today we are in Season 1, Chapter 9. The guest today is Ori Livni. He's a master balloon artist from Israel. He does everything. He's a CBA. He does decor. He does is is an excellent entertainer, and he is also a twister. And today you will learn in very fine details about his figure-it-out system. By the end of this show, which which will be a little bit uh, longer than usual, you will learn everything you need to know in order to implement the figure-it-out system and to improve your balloon art. And you know what this means, right? This will mean better quality of your work and higher fees eventually. I also want you to know that at the end of the show, there is also an announcement of a competition and you can win prizes that are pretty cool. So stick to the end of the show and you will hear everything about it, including details about who will be on the next chapter, on chapter 10 and also who will be on chapter 11 and 12. So you're going to get tons of information by the end of this long and awesome show chapter nine here we come here is ori livni hello balloon artist podcast nation this is chapter nine of season one of the balloon artist podcast today with me i have a dear friend and an amazing balloon artist his name is ori livni cpa and he may be familiar with you if you look at his face from the TV show Bobby's Balloon House. Maybe you even grew up uh, watching uh, the Bobby Balloon House TV series. It's made with tons of balloons way back when there were like there wasn't even Facebook back then. Uh, Ori Livni is also responsible for the Looney Balloons show which later translated into uh, Israel, Israel's TV show and kids from all around the country are uh, being raised watching his balloons, which is awesome. I got to meet Ori in uh, Israel's uh, balloon convention uh, called Balloonland, and we, we traveled to the same convention year after year eventually became very good friends and I had the opportunity of working side by side with Ori in uh, so many events. So Ori, how are you? What's up? I'm good. How are you? Great to be here. Thank you very much for having me. It's a great uh, opportunity and uh, I love the Balloon Artist podcast. It's an awesome idea. Cool. Thank you so, so much. So, Ori, we talked a little bit about what you did, like the TV shows, and I have a few questions before we go into the content about your history in balloons. Uh, in general, we don't go way back to the first balloon in this show, but I do want the audience, uh, the listeners, to understand like how, how vast is your experience. So, um, uh, is it correct that your balloon show on TV, is this the first appearance of like a, a balloon TV show that you're aware of? As far as I'm aware of, yes. It's the first uh, TV series that's entirely about balloons. 
It's a company that's called Baby First TV. It's an American part Israeli uh, company, and that's how they got uh, to me. They knew me through some of the commercials I've done and uh, knew about me, and they contacted me with auditions. They were held in Israel, and after that, uh, we... We kind of uh, created the concept and uh, we shot all the episodes in Israel. So uh, Bobby's Balloon House is uh, broadcasted uh, on the Baby First TV network. It's it's an Israeli-American company and they uh, broadcast in the United States and all over the world. So many, many people, babies especially, grew up (laughs) seeing uh, me as Bobby in Bobby's Balloon House. And uh, after a year or two, I did uh, Looney Balloons. That's another production. That, too, is aired uh, in several countries all over the world and in Israel. Cool. And uh, you did mention the commercials that you did. So, uh, and, and those are really amazing commercials. So can you tell us a little bit about those? Yes, I've done um, the biggest uh, commercials I've done uh, were for Orange Cellular Company. They were two two commercials, and um, they were with the game on play on words, uh, airtime, which means like the air minutes you buy. It's kind of a pun in 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 Hebrew, uh, where you can have play on on with air. So the commercial was uh, uh, this is what you could do if you had. 10 minutes of air time. This is what you could do if you have 50. And imagine what you could do if you had 200. And then there was like this big scene. Uh, it was a jungle one time and uh, it was King Kong on the Empire State Building uh, on the other commercial. And these commercials were very, very memorable and they won uh, international awards and they really brought up the awareness of uh, high quality balloon art uh, in Israel. Many of the balloon artists in Israel started their journey into the balloon world by seeing these commercials. Yeah, I remember the commercials. They are extremely uh, witty and uh, inspiring. And I also remember additional commercials that you did, uh, like uh, the one you made a car for. Yeah, I've done I've done several commercials since then, uh, some of them for competing cellular companies. <laughs> and uh, some were uh, kind of spots in commercials. Then the big dragon for a car commercial or a car for a phone company. So but I, I've done, I think, somewhere between five to ten commercials where I've done balloon art spots on these commercials. Some were more important than others, but in general, that was always fun because they they always had a challenge. Can you do like a life-size car or a huge dragon or or can you do something amazing? So they have the, the idea, the vision. Sometimes I need to tone them down. Sometimes I tell them what you're asking is too simple. We can do it more elaborate. So they are all excited and uh and basically, it's a great opportunity to uh, build amazing stuff and get paid for it. That's that's always fun to do. Cool. So you also have uh, you had a spot on the five minute dot com uh, venture, and right. where you taught uh, all kinds of elaborated uh, balloon sculptures. Right. Uh, five minutes is is a website where you can uh, learn how to do stuff in five minutes. 
and uh, it's another Israeli startup company, and they contacted me before they got uh, bought by, I think, Yahoo bought them, and they had a big exit, uh, of which I did not get a cent of, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was one of their first studios. Content. Yeah. Yeah, content, and they came up to me, and they said, hey, let's, let's produce some amazing content, and I was all up for that, and we came up with some awesome stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you did manage to formulate um, a system, and you even published this system of yours in the DVD Figure It Out. And, right. and I would like to ask you, can you explain to us what is, in, like, in brief, what is the idea behind Figure It Out? So basically, in the first uh, balloon convention, I came uh, to the States, uh, I think it was 2004, something like that. Uh, I was really excited to meet all these very talented uh, balloon artists and learn from them. And I was really disappointed in the fact that I saw amazing artists teach uh, kind of a connect-the-dot uh, approach to balloons like this you create a one inch bubble then a half inch bubble then you twist it and they they taught like direct instructions none of them taught how to think balloons how to how to imagine how to create stuff and when i when i saw that i said this is wrong somebody needs to to teach the the balloon art class like when you have when you come to a painting class and you have a model and you know you need to paint the model uh you know if it's a it's a human model or if it's a fruit on the table uh and, and not a connected dot uh kind of approach and i said okay i need to when when i'm going to teach i'm going to I'm going to write down all the principles and I'm, that's what I'm going to teach. And the opportunity to teach came really fast and I taught at Millennium Jam uh, the year after. And that's where I kind of sat down and I wrote down the six main principles that to me form what is balloon art. And those principles I think are something that you can see the some artists that have them inherent and they they're kind of born with and they they kind of come to them in, intuitively and those are usually the the ones that get all the likes you know they get they they create the amazing original stuff and but but i think that once you understand the principles it can really transform the way you twist balloons instead of following instructions you can start to develop your own designs and if you follow the principles you're able to create really amazing designs original designs from from scratch from seeing the picture of that that design so that's basically what the figure it out system or theory you can call it is all about and i've i've shot a dvd i've sold it it was sold uh, sold out and i didn't have the time to reproduce it again and push it and that's something i'm going to to do very soon to have it re-digitized and have it as a digital download basically the the theory we're going to talk to about uh, today uh will will make you will give you the, the the ability to follow certain concepts and make you 
give you the, the, the ability to create anything you want. Is this system uh, uh, applicable only for a twisting piece? No, it's, it's, it's basically, p- part of it is general sculpting theory. Okay, like proportions and stuff, you know, but, but it's, it's specifically, uh, some of the principles are specific for balloon art. Uh, and, and, uh, you can, it doesn't matter the type of balloons you use, whether it's, uh, round balloons or twisting balloons. I've never had that distinction between I'm a twister or I'm a stacker or decorator. For me, deco twisting has always been the way I've used balloons. I've never, uh, been here or there, you know, I've, I've, I've used twisting balloons for decorations and round balloons for twisted creations ever since I started, you know, working with balloons. I think in the States way back, uh, it was very, now that the border is kind of fuzzy between twisters and decorators, but it still is. But when I came, it was like a real two, two different camps, you know, camp twister and camp decorator. And, yeah. and it didn't, make much sense to me you know it's 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 a medium it doesn't matter uh, what type of balloon you use the difference is what you use it for and and uh, if you're entertaining you can entertain using round balloons and you can uh, decorate using long balloons it doesn't matter i mean the end result is basically what matters not you know what you use for yeah like for the 260 balloon it doesn't it doesn't care if it is connected to uh, an 11-inch, a 5-inch, or right. a 646. I haven't asked specifically a 260 if he cares, but I assume not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so basically, the, the, why the figure-it-out system is important is it is important for any uh, sculpture and deco twist and decorator, decor piece that you do. Uh, but I want to mention a specific um, applicable usage of uh, your system, Ori. And that is something that I've been implementing in my business uh, pretty much since the day I uh, met you and learned uh, from the DVD. And that is the, the application of uh, creating a sculpture for the birthday kid, uh, one big sculpture. And the way I did it, like uh, it's, a, it's a known concept, Patrick Vanderven uses it, many balloon artists use it, but uh, the way that I chose to do it was not to learn any recipe for the big sculpture that I'm making for the event. Always I would take uh, a picture from Google Images or um, an idea uh, and will try to implement your system and figure it out basically and create a sculpture. And true, in the first years, uh, the results were not very impressive and not very accurate. I needed to practice, but the fact the fact that I created something which was original really boosted my confidence and allowed me to to be very proud of my sculptures and of my art. And kids love to get a big sculpture of balloons. And I can even pinpoint to specific events where a kid would tell me, I saw you made a huge sculpture for my brother, and I also wanted you to come and make me a sculpture. I even had a family uh, book me for five events, three years in a row, so twice a year on some of the events. And just because of this big sculpture I would make, according to the figure it out system. So right. 
I want us to, I want everyone to understand this is really practical stuff that you can use immediately after the podcast is over and we'll go into all of the details uh, immediately. Is that all right? Right. Uh, and, and, uh, I, want to, I want to add to what you said. Basically, uh, the way you use it, uh, and, and, and I got this from a lot of people who watch my, my DVD, they said, you know, we got, we got the courage to, to go and try something out from scratch without any instructions. And you know what? We did it. You know, it was, it was good. And, 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 and that really made me happy because the whole purpose of, of, of this, uh, the, the reason I released it and I taught it is to get people to step out of their comfort, uh, sometimes stupid zone and stop, you know, stop, looking at balloon at just something that there are recipes and that's it you can't you can if if you don't have the recipe to do something you can't you can't do it or if somebody asks you for something you go out and look out for that dvd or or look out for other people's versions i'm not saying it's not something you would do okay i've i've uh, watched some dvds uh, i don't watch a lot of DVDs but I have watched and and what I get from DVDs or from classes that I see is not the design is is the way the artist thinks uh, usage of some techniques or uh, uh, a certain um, structure that I find uh, interesting and then I take it and I use it somewhere else in a different way and that's that's how I look at balloons cool uh, and uh, I can personally testify after like watching you sit in so many conventions and sitting by you and you always when you on the hands-on class when you create the same sculpture that you are being taught you will always add a tweak and change something so it's uh, it's totally original and uh, I, I really admire that right so, and, and, and one more one more thing is yeah. uh, when I talk to clients, I tell them, you know, they they sometimes ask, so what what can you do? Uh, it, even if it's on the sales phone, uh, call before the event or even on the event, and I tell them I can make anything you want as long as I know how it looks. So I've I've I don't know how many times people uh, drew out their phone and showed me a picture of their dog, of their uh, favorite animal or favorite character stuff that i've never seen before but i've done them and done them really good for a first time on the spot you know creating an amazing spongebob is something people go wow that's awesome creating something for the first time that they that only they know like creating their their uh, small kids favorite uh toy that the one he drags around and that's something that his grandmother uh you know uh, stitched for him and it's a unique one-of-a-kind toy and you know i made that on the spot that's something people will talk about and they will book you again and again just for the ability to create something out of the blue uh without any any practice and and that's an ability that you know i I have, you know, I, I was born with, but basically what I 
uh, use is is the the principles I'm going to teach you now, and once you understand them and think of them and consider them, you can you can uh, practice and you can uh, you can reach a level where you can do practically anything without any instructions whatsoever. Yeah, I I, I agree. So uh, we will go now uh, one principle at a time. Uh, okay. And uh, then I'll mention the name of the principle, and you'll you'll uh, you'll figure it out for us. Okay, cool. So the figure it out system. Here we go. The first principle is proportion and scale. Right. So basically, proportion is one of the the the, the major uh, things that uh, create something uh, recognizable. If you take a balloon dog and you twist a balloon dog uh, or a giraffe, people will immediately immediately say, hey, it's a giraffe, hey, it's a dog. And they can have the, the same twists, but the proportions between the bubbles are different. And uh, the proportions is one of the things that our uh, brains really uh, react to and really uh, intuitively uh, understand and recognize our brain loves patterns and it loves to match things that uh, we recognize and know and and that's basically what makes balloon art so popular because it's a balloon but but using the proportions between the different parts of the balloons you trigger the 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 part of the brain that connects uh, what you've just twisted it, with the uh, concept of a certain animal. And that's done mainly by the proportions. If the proportions of the head and the neck and the feet are slightly different, it, it can be the difference between a dog and a horse or a different type of dog. You know what I'm talking about. You know, it's 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 basically the, the biggest essence of balloon art. And it goes from the dog to elaborate sculptures or uh, balloonicatures or faces or uh, everything you do. The proportion is one of the things that will determine if your creation is okay or is it's amazing. You can even take a design that you've learned and somebody has perfected, and if you mess just a little bit with the proportions, it could be something that's not so awesome. Cool. So the proportion is like it's key also if you're creating a recipe or if you're making something by yourself which is original. But how do you actually apply the proportion principle into your design? Well, basically the proportion starts from uh, paying really close attention to the size of two parts and basically the, the size com one compared to the other. Okay, so uh, if you're creating a body uh, and you're looking at, you're trying to create something that's as close as possible to uh, what you're doing, so you start from, let's say, the head, even if the head is uh, 11 inch round, and you inflate it, and then you have your reference. Your reference might be the picture your, uh, or, or a model. You just measure with your fingers or using a ruler at the size of the head and, and then the size of the body. And then you see if it's twice as, as long or if it's 
1.5 times as long, and you try to to really stick to to getting that size between the two as close as possible to the real thing. It can be the length of the arms, it could be the length of the the, the legs or the, the the feet and basically by sticking to the actual proportions you you would get a, a much better sculpture even if it's not that elaborate. So you can do something very elaborate and intricate with a lot of uh, techniques and stuff, but if you mess with the proportions, it might look less impressive than something really simple but with perfect proportions that's something really interesting you know because the proportions really hit kind of shortcuts in our in our minds and and saying wow this is that and if the proportions are off it kind of messes and not everybody will see it or or you need to explain this is the head it's oh now i see it you know and and you don't want that reaction <laughs> yeah so You actually reminded me of like the first days that I used the figure it out system, and I actually just uh, measured on the picture that I'm trying to recreate measured the, the the relationship between the size of the head and the size of the body. So every time I would say, "Okay, one to five or one to six or whatever." And then when I created the balloon version, I just tried to replicate this proportion right right and and the the better you get the 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 proportions, the better your outcome will be cool. now now scale is is kind of related, but scale is basically how big you want to reproduce something okay it could be life size okay if you're creating a dog. Uh, and you want to create a, the actual size of the dog, or uh, you want to create a miniature if it's a motorcycle, and you want to create a half. So basically scale is is kind of the system where you can translate actual sizes to the size of what you're twisting. Let's say you had an actual bicycle and you want to create the life-size bicycle and you have the actual bicycle in your house and you can measure the wheel and the wheel is set, let's say 60 inches and you want to create a half size or one to two ratio which is a scale it's like half size of the actual bike so you would then try to create a 30-inch diameter uh, wheel, okay? It's half size. So uh, basically scale is just a way to translate something and to keep it in proportion. Basically what I, what I usually do is I start off with one reference point and then I try to, and then I use proportions to kind of figure out Okay, so I know what like I, I'm creating a life-size car, okay? So I know the diameter of a wheel. That's actually uh, an example from something I actually did uh, because I, I googled I need to create a, a 1920s car and I didn't have the actual size of the car. I only have pictures. I didn't have any information about the car. So I tried to Google the, the size of the wheel. Because wheels are one of the most important things on a car, and I got the actual size of the wheel and then, in order to make a one to one 
scale model, I used exactly the size of the wheel. But then instead of measuring the door and scaling it uh, one-to-one, or if I need to do half, uh, I, I actually took the wheel. And from the picture, I said, okay, so the door is approximately the same width of the wheel. Okay, and and that's how I kind of translated all the car into wheel sizes, <laughs> and and uh, using the wheel, I measured all of the car and I got really close to accurate uh, sizes. That's that's a great example because I did not have any of the actual sizes of of everything else, and you you rarely need to create something in a in a very like. I need a model of an airplane one to sixteenth, and it has to be accurate. Okay, you usually start with one thing that you create, and then you use proportion to make sure that you can measure all of the other components in that creation, and make sure that those components have the same proportion to the actual thing. Cool. So we talked about proportion and scale, and how important it is. And uh, let's move on to the second principle, which is linearity. Linearity is basically in a line, okay? It's a mathematical uh, term, very scary to some people, but basically it means in a line, okay? And uh, balloons are lines. And I always use the example, you know, where you have to create a house uh, with an X without uh, lifting the pencil. You have to create and draw it with one line. So basically, twisting with balloons is very similar. You have to pre-think the path that your balloon creates as a line where it goes back and forth and up and down and above and through. And that's especially important when you're twisting one balloon creations, or if you're twisting very elaborate one balloon creations using 160s, you really have to think ahead of time where you're going with the balloon, where you're starting and where you're ending the balloon. And that's why I really love one balloon creations, because one balloon creations really force you to think hard where you're starting and where you're ending. A lot of people that nowadays are, you know, open to YouTube and, and have a lot of uh, instructional, um, balloon instructional material really uh, kind of have a shortcut to a big elaborate creations where you use a single balloon for each limb of the uh, character, uh, but they kind of skip skip a very important part and that's the linearity where you need to create that creature or or figure out of one balloon and you have to think where do I start where do I begin do I need to go back and forth back and forth we all know you know when you need to create an arm with a three bubble roll through you have to go back forth and back and then you can continue but let's say you need to do a four bubble arm then you you need to think where you're starting and where you're ending because if you need to create uh let's say two four cluster uh roll through balloon clusters for an arm let's say you have to go one two one and then go across and then do one two one and then go back and so you have to really think about uh the balloons as a line 
that's where the linearity comes from. And it doesn't matter if you're inventing something or if you're reverse engineering something. If you see something and you want to, to, to think, oh, my God, how did they do it? If you don't think in a linear way, you will never be able to guess where they started. You know, you can see it's, it's like the head is made out of one balloon. But if you don't think in a linear way and you don't understand the principle of linearity in balloons, you will never figure out the, the starting point and, and how the person cre who created it, uh, how did they go around and, and manage to do all that head with the nose inside with using one balloons without breaking it. So uh, that's the linearity principle, and it goes uh, even from you know from one balloon sculptures to multiple balloon sculptures, uh, just to make uh, what you're doing more efficient. Uh, because if you're not efficient, it means that you're going to take more time. You need to cut balloons, you need to break balloons, you need to spend more balloons. So thinking in a linear way and understanding the linearity principle means you'll save time, you'll be more efficient, you'll save money, and uh, eventually be more impressive uh, uh, because you're able to create stuff faster and uh, more accurate. I want to emphasize the importance of uh, linearity for uh, specifically for someone who does twisting for a living and uh, does maybe line work or maybe Balloon, work, balloon workshops, um, every time you are standing in front of someone and you're making him a balloon or her, if you are doing it faster, you just manage to get to more people or make them bigger stuff. So saving time on your work is, is key in order to show how professional you are. So the linearity approach when you, every time you use it and it actually saves you a balloon and it saves you time, you're actually looking more professional, you're reaching back more, more people, your footprint in the world is more significant, you're making more people happy, and eventually you're making more money. And you're making the people wait less time in the line, which is a line also. <laughs> yes. Which, uh... <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's a line. It depends, <laughs> depends on how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, uh, and another another thing to to practice linearity. Uh, that's a great exercise. Take something that you know how to make out of, let's say, three balloons. It could be, I don't know, uh, an animal, and try to make it out of one one sixty. And that will really force you to think in a linear way. And then try to uh, uh, do something that you usually do with one balloon and try to upscale it and do it out of 350s or 646s or even uh, quick links. And that will kind of break it down into many balloons. And uh, quick links maybe not, not be a good example because that really is not linear, but uh, getting maybe tying a bunch of quick links and then uh, trying to to recreate that uh, out of out of balloons and that really forces you to think in a linear way especially the exercise where you take something out of many balloons and try to make it into a one balloon sculpture that's a great exercise cool so the third principle is resolution okay resolution is basically the amount of details 
that you're creating into your sculpture. Uh, and I'm talking mainly about details made out of balloons and especially inflated balloons, okay? Now, basically when you have a sculpture, uh, let's say you want to create an elephant, okay? So resolution, basically, because we're t dealing with balloons, we have certain sizes of balloons. Uh, we have the, the, the 160s, 260s, 350s, 646s, uh, round balloons, and, and basically we are limited in the thickness of the lines that we have. So if you want to create, let's say an elephant, you want to make it all out of inflated balloons. So you would start, let's start from the, 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 the wrong example, okay? You start making the trunk of the elephant out of a 160, okay? Now, if you're following the other uh, principles, uh, you will try to create using the proportion, uh, a proportionate uh, tusks of the elephant. Now the trunk is about three times as uh, wide than the tusks. So basically you started off with a 160 for your trunk. Now you don't have any inflated balloon that's thin enough to create a proportionate tusk. So you're kind of in a, in a jam. You're, 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 you're stuck. Uh, the the way you think in a in a resolution way uh, is starting from the smallest detail you want to make out of an inflated balloon. Okay. Now I'm talking. This is a this is a concept. Okay. So if you need an elephant in a specific size, you will have limitations. Okay, because that's the size of the elephant that you need. But if you wanted to make a perfect creation, a perfect recreation of something, something, and you want to make it all out of balloons. So let's say the smallest detail that you want to have inflated from the elephant, the, the thinnest would be its tail, okay? So if you start with a tail that's made out of inflated 160, compared to the tail, the tusks would be twice as thick. As, as, as thick. So the 260 for the tusk would be very proportionate to a 160 tail. And then you move on to the trunk. The trunk could be a 350 or even a 646. Or even you can, uh, when you go up, you, you have the techniques, which we'll, we'll go to next. Uh, and, and then you can weave. You can create larger structures. You can't go smaller. You can't use half a balloon, okay? There are techniques where you can stretch a balloon and make it thinner, okay? But but I'm talking about using regular balloons and regular techniques. Uh, you can always go bigger, okay? So if the, the, the diameter of a foot is, I don't know, six times that of the tail, you can use a 646 for a foot, or you can weave it out of 260s and create a long sculpture. Let's say it has to be very long and you don't want the connection of connecting two or three uh, 646s. Then you'd go into weaving, okay? And you would weave a structure. And of course, you have to always keep in mind the proportions of the diameter of the sculpture, uh, of the part of sculpture you're creating. But if you start, always start from the smallest detail you want inflated, uh, 
you will never run into a situation where you can't go smaller and then you end up using stuff that makes the creation look unproportionate and that's something you you see often in uh not bad but in less successful balloon creations where you could see somebody started in a nice point and then they ended up where they can't make things proportionate and it looks bigger or, or, or thinner or, or we all get lazy sometimes and you know you, you use a 260 instead of a 160 for the princess's arms yeah and and then it looks she looks fat or <laughs> or less uh less princess like or less attractive you know but but if if you always keep in mind uh using the the right balloons and the right proportions you will always have a very attractive creation it it can be an animal it can be anything you want so it's actually a little bit like when the painter is using brushes to paint uh, he won't use the same big brush for all the lines that he's doing. Some of the details, like maybe, I don't know, the eyes or the eyebrush, the eyebrows, he will use a different brush, maybe a very thin one. And for the hair, maybe he will use a bigger, thicker brush. So the same thing for us. Like if you manage your balloon stock and you have your 160s with you, then you can use the right uh, resolution and enhance the proportions in a way that will just look more accurate and more cute and so on. Right. And and exactly like brushes and and uh, we use them all the time are markers and sharpies. So even when you're drawing uh, details and that's something that's legitimate and it's your decision if you want to make the eyes out of balloons uh, and then you are confined to a certain size of details that you have uh, for eyes. But if you're creating something smaller and you don't want to create the whole eye and pupils and everything out of balloons, uh, then you use markers and you draw. And uh, even when you draw stuff, uh, taking note of both um, the proportions uh, of the eyes, uh, the scale, the size of the head compared to the si size of the eyes, uh, the placement, all of these are extremely important if you want to create something that's uh, as close as possible to the actual uh, thing you're making. If you're making a uh, Hello Kitty and you want to draw the eyes, the eyes are placed uh, in a very specific a distance from one another. Uh, the, the size is very important. The the, the angle of the the uh, the circle or the ellipse of the eyes, uh, and all of these are extremely important. And uh, you have to pay really close attention to where you're drawing the eyes, how far are they from the ends of the balloon, and how. Uh, how far are they from each other and the details you create uh, um, using uh, uh, drawing or even using uninflated balloons uh, they all come down to uh, a resolution and b uh, proportion and uh, a quick homework uh, exercise is taking uh, stuff you draw 
always, and you have that in your repertoire of, of designs, go back to the original, not to the original design you saw on the DVD. Go back to the original actual character. Google it. See if your eyes are in the same size, if they are placed in the same place, uh, and if all the details are correct. Uh, the more accurate and the more close to the original you will uh, keep your design, the better uh, the reactions you're going to get and the more memorable the experience is going to be. Cool. So that was a really important uh, homework for resolution, for the resolution principle, because a lot of time uh, we are so focused on the designs we know to, how to make that we forget that, uh, I don't know, a tiger doesn't really look like that. It's not like you need to go and watch nature. You need to Google it and right. re remind yourself about the proportions of the tail, about the, the resolution size of the tail or of uh, the ears and so on. Right, right, correct. And uh, this is a, a good opportunity to move uh, to the next principle, and that is the color principle. Right. Color, of course, is the colors you use, okay? Um, the closer you are to the actual color uh, means you'll get a better design. Uh, and, and sometimes you've seen, uh, especially with characters, the cartoon characters, um, you can see that the, there's a kind of a balloon evolution, if you would, of a character that somebody made on a DVD, and then people start to reproduce that, and then they, uh, other people reproduce the the character from the other designs they've seen. And when you go back to the original character, it looks nothing like it. Uh, <laughs> like the Roadrunner is a great example because the color of the Roadrunner's hair or body is very different from a lot of very popular designs that you've seen. Now, the 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 cause for that could be somebody's design in, or on the DVD or a book where they didn't use the actual colors. Some of them are old and they, they didn't have the actual colors that they do have now. But uh, but I I recommend go to the source. Uh, look for the actual colors of the eyes on the princesses you make. Uh, use the, the, the um, try to match the colors as close as possible. Uh, if it's SpongeBob's pants, use the correct shade of, of brown, uh, or, or, you know, a person's skin or hair. Uh, so that's something that, uh, even even myself, I, I'm used to a certain design, and I do it again and again. And then one time, you know, I try to look at the original, and I see that it's kind of far from, from you know, at some point I didn't have the, the, the golden rod, and I used a yellow instead. And uh, that evolved, and that became a part of my design. But it should be goldenrod, it shouldn't be yellow. Uh and uh and by always sticking to the the best matching colors, uh you will probably get the better 
reactions and the, the your your characters would be more recognizable and especially if you're recreating uh something for you know from scratch uh company logo these are extremely important uh to match the colors to the point where you need to double stuff uh to get specific shades of balloons that you don't have so uh so using the color in that sense um experimenting with double stuffing to get different types of of hues and shades of 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 tones of 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 balloons is really important to to get something really really accurate especially if you're trying to get the best i don't know character you like out there uh pay attention to the color the color is crucial uh to getting the best uh design possible and uh, and of course it goes down to using the sharpies and markers you have uh consider using a white base sharpie uh, a white base marker like the editing uh drawing it and then drawing the colors on it to get a white foundation to get a more accurate tone because sometimes we draw yellow on uh on um other balloon and you can't get that color or uh you know eye color so uh, there are many techniques to getting it right but the the main issue is try to get it right try to get it as accurate as possible and uh, that those are the things that distinguish uh a good creation to a great creation and uh you reminded me like in the early days where From time to time, I would send you an SMS with a picture and ask you, is that color uh, goldenrod or gold? Like, w- which fits better? And it, it takes a little bit of practice, but after some time, you just, uh, you just do it correctly. And, and I can also say, like, not doing it these days is just lazy. Like, there are so many shades of blue and so right. many shades. And now with the spring green... Uh, yay <laughs> i've been I've been waiting for that color ever since I started balloons I think yeah, so the spring the spring green is here there's plenty of pinks there's plenty of yellow uh use ivory silk use those colors in order to create the right uh color to that matches your uh original designs from google images right right it's uh, as you said it's uh, you, Not having the correct color is just being lazy so so yeah. don't 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 do it cool and uh we're moving on to the next principle, and that is the technique principle okay, so the technique basically is very very it can have uh a whole d v d or d v d set by itself uh it was on my to do list to to create the balloon artist. toolkit a DVD maybe somebody will do it I, I just don't have the time for it but basically um, the techniques are as he said uh, like the painters brushes uh, mastering as many technique techniques as you can uh, weaving techniques stuffing techniques distortion techniques basic twisting techniques um, will allow you to uh, To basically create any shape you want out of balloons and um, being able to create different shapes 
uh, is the essence of, of balloon art. And the better you can deform or, 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 or change uh, a balloon, the, the less uh, confined that you are to creating the, the, the sculpture that you want. And there are many, many amazing balloon artists that come up with amazing techniques. Pascal Grotten from from Belgium and uh, a lot of very talented, I, ca I can't name all of them, come up with amazing new techniques. Uh, the, the Russians with their stuffing techniques and the Japanese and uh, the whole world is booming with new amazing ideas and how to distort your balloons and how to create different shapes out of the regular balloons we use and and mastering uh, as many techniques as you can possibly can basically gives you more ability to to create what you want so so that in my in my mind is the the best investment in terms of of education, you know, buy all the DVDs that you can of, of different techniques. And uh, the more techniques you control, the better your creations can be. Yeah, and, and also I want to emphasize, like uh, trying to understand not just how to replicate the techniques, but to understand the application. So for example, in the DVD, you show the differences of a joint uh, made out of two pinch twists instead of three pinch twists and one pinch twist and you show the different behavior and uh, b different features of each uh, technique. So really by practicing and, and thinking about it, you can use those uh, special techniques like maybe the sidewall bubble and not just use it as a technique but understand what it helps you achieve. Right. And like and like like I never use a design exactly the way it was made. I just try to extract the different structures in the design and take them somewhere else. The same goes with techniques. If you see somebody using a raisin twist to connect a nose, uh that's you know, that's not the only way you can use a raisin twist the the balloons they use are not the only balloons you can use a raisin twist with you know try to take the essence of the technique and then go wild with it you know try to 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 twist it and and that's how the 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 best balloon artists in the world work you know they learn something or they invent something and then they go to town with it you know they experiment if if a new balloon comes out they 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 twist it in in 20 50 100 different ways to see which kind of shapes it can produce uh, i remember pascal and um and um uh, peter uh, uh made you know, they, they had a balloon jam. They made amazing creations out of a balloon heart. They made, like, I think 50 different twists out of a balloon heart, uh, twisting it again and again and, and sticking the knot inside and, and, and pinching it. And, and each, each of the shapes they made was a unique shape that can be 
uh, implemented as body parts, as uh, as parts of larger sculptures, as uh, 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 building blocks to create uh, bigger structures. You know, so so don't limit yourself to a technique. Um, with the example you've 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 have been shown uh, that technique being used, take that technique. Think, okay, how can I change it? How can I use it differently? How can I change the balloons using it? What do I get? And then trying to see to see how you can implement the the outcome you have uh, in into different ways. That's that's how you create basically. Cool. And uh, this is something that it's important even for people that are more experienced. If, they, if you never did any class about basic techniques, it's a, really good it's a really good idea to one day attend such a class, even if you're already advanced, because you need you to have your foundation uh, very, very clear inside your brain, and it should be very easy to extract the, the right technique. So it's really important to have a good foundation and right. to, to practice it and to play with it and so on. And another principle that's uh, you know something that I've I've thought about. I think I think I really thought about how important it is after I've I've made the the the, the DVD is uh, uh, ergonometry, uh, the way you're you're using your hand. Uh, the way you're holding the balloon, the way you're twisting, uh, the way your knuckles work while you're twisting, that's something that can create uh, big, big problems uh, in terms of uh, um, having your joints uh, inflammated and arthritis and stuff like that. Uh, so uh, learning the correct way to even roll the, the, the basic, the most basic bubble is is super super important because uh if if you're twisting it wrong uh or the wrong way you might be exerting more effort and putting uh more muscles and more joints uh into work than you need and that will limit you in, in several ways a it will uh it can diminish the quality of your twisting because it can create micro holes because you're uh, you're creating um, much more uh, friction uh, than needed uh, because you're not twisting right, you're not pulling the the air twist, and and that can create holes in your creation, and it can create you know really nasty pains in your thumbs or fingers because you're not twisting it right. I used to have uh, a really painful inflammations in my thumb and then I showed what I do to my uh, uh, to my physician my uh, uh, orthopedic uh, doctor and he told me you can't you can't have your fingers move in that way they're not meant the joints aren't meant to move sideways you have to change the way you twist and from that moment I changed the way I twisted it, it was a pinch it was it was a pinch twist and um, once I, I changed the way I, I pinched twist, I never had the same problem. So uh, the basic techniques from learning and having knowledge to know how to twist to 
doing it the correct way, which means saving your fingers and, and your basic health and the, even the balloon's health in terms of how long it will last is, is really important as well. Cool. So the next principle is construction. Can you explain about that? Well, construction basically means everything that's not uh, everything that's not uh, visible uh, in terms of uh, in terms of of what holds the creation together. Uh, so if the if the uh, there are connection bubbles within a balloon head uh, that are bubbles that you don't see, but they hold everything together or, or hold something that you do see in place. Those are called construction. Uh, so when you want to create something, you have to think about the way it's constructed uh, in terms of uh, the way the balloons are distorted, the tension in the balloons, um, special special bubbles or twists that you have in the balloons you sometimes use the uninflated balloons uh, inside to uh, make the structure have specific uh, properties uh, you sometimes this is a this this relates to linearity you sometimes reach a certain point and you stretch the balloon uninflated uh, to reach to another point and then start start again from there so you're kind of cheating linearity but that's a construction uh, move uh, so-called that you stretch the balloon and and uh, it usually has more uh, purpose than just moving the bubble, it usually creates an anchor point for something else, it holds something else. And of course, construction is um, really important when you're building large sculptures, uh, having a frame, a wire frame, or uh, building it on something in terms of decorating or uh, even twisting in a large, uh, twisting large scale sculptures. Uh, you can you can build the structure out of balloons entirely, but that usually can create more work. It could be less reliable. Uh, it could mean that uh, your construction would be more fragile. Like, like let's take the example I've, I've told you about the life-sized car. It was like uh, over 10 feet long, and although the balloons were were uh, precisely measured and everything without a frame, uh, an aluminum frame, it would not look as sharp and it would not last as long as it did because the, the rigid structure kept everything in place. And even when the balloons deflated a little bit, uh, the frame kept everything in proportion and prevented the whole car from uh, distorting. So uh, structure is important from the very smallest bubble, support bubble you need to the large frame and the mega, the mega creations you you see artists uh, creating all over the world. Yeah, so uh, I remember the construction tip. Uh, it was really surprising for me when I started because I thought that there are only balloons in a, in a sculpture uh, that I can see. But actually, when you understand construction, the construction principle, you're adding balloons to the sculpture that you don't see them and you use them 
kind of like a skeleton of the sculpture to make sure that the, that the sculpture can stand correctly or to make sure that you have connection points in the right place. So, for example, on a Spider-Man, you will have another balloon inside the limbs for connecting uh, the head, just as an example. Right, exactly. So, uh, how do you combine all of the principles together and create uh, like a, a sculpture and even how do you decide like how will the outcome look like? Okay, so basically you have uh, two major ways to go. You can go realistic or you can go caricature. Okay, let's say you want to go realistic. You start off uh, Googling the image of what you want. Uh, you start, you think about what the resolution would be and think about the smallest part you start with. And then you scale everything up with using that part and, and trying to keep everything as close as possible to the uh, original in terms of scale. And that's how you create a similar to the original creation, okay? And if you want to make a caricature, let's say you want to make a caricature of an elephant, okay? That splits into two ways. You can A, Google up uh, pictures of elephant caricatures, clip arts, and, and have somebody else do the distorting the, the proportions part for you. And then you use the already caricature type picture and you use the trying to reproduce as close to as possible approach. So basically you're trying to copy something that's already a caricature. Okay, you can take a, a stuffed animal, okay, a, a toy, you know, that's that has cute proportions, and you try to reproduce that as something that's actual lifelike, and in and, and keeping the proportions uh, that is already cute and already a caricature like in it. Uh, or you can take something that's uh, not caricature and then you can uh, create your own caricature by ch changing its uh, proportions, like making the head bigger than the body, making a small body, bigger head, uh, bigger eyes, making it cute, basically. And uh, the science of what makes stuff cute is, is a whole different topic, basically making a head big, eyes big, like like babies. And, and you can look up what makes cute on Google and uh, try to implement that uh, using like regular pictures and then trying to make a cuter version of, of it. Or you can even try taking your uh, already, the creations uh, and, and designs you're already using and trying to change the proportions in them and making them cuter or uh, more different in, in different proportions. Uh, so that's that's basically the two the two approaches. And then w uh, using the different techniques that you know uh, to create the different parts of that uh, creation, uh, using of course the techniques, color, uh, applying the correct colors, of course applying the structural uh, bubbles or uh, wires or strings or whatever you need to support 
the creation uh, you're creating. And uh, that, that's basically how you implement uh, everything. But, uh, but the whole idea is, is go out there and, and try. And um, instead of Googling uh, how did somebody made a balloon SpongeBob, go to actual SpongeBob and try to reproduce that. I, I can assure you that after a very little practice, you will get much better results uh, creating stuff from the original instead of getting stuff out of uh, creation somebody else already did. Ori, that was such a delightful uh, discussion and explanation about the different uh, principles uh, of the figure out system. And I think people uh, can get so much out of uh, this system. Uh, if they want to learn more about your walk, uh, where should they go? Uh, basically, um, I have uh, several balloon uh, sites uh, that they could Google me on Facebook. Uh, I have the organizer uh, website, which uh, will probably have uh, um, some more info and uh, will probably have uh, info about uh, figure it out a DVD once I digitize it and it's available as a digital download and uh, you know I'm online you can you can always google me and uh, Facebook or whatever and uh, yeah just that it will be uh, super easy for everyone so I will put all the links on the show notes so it will be under balloonartistpodcast.com and people could go to chapter 9 and see uh, where you put your balloons and see your Facebook page and also learn, learn about uh, the organizers, which I use all the time. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you are considering a way of uh, saving more time with your work, uh, then using the organizers will not only make you look professional, they will also make you save time on the refills, so it's a really awesome let's, let's, let's say what the, origin, the organizer is, if people don't know. Basically, yeah. it's, it's a way to sort your balloons. Uh, it's a kind of uh, comb-like uh, square. Uh, it's 15 by 15 centimeters. It's made out of uh, high-quality black plexiglass. And uh, basically, you can load your balloons and take them in and out very easily. You can uh, use it uh, to sort your balloons uh, and to have a kind of quick draw out of your uh, balloon apron or balloon busking bag. Basically, it's a it's a kind of building block. You can you can use several of these together and build your own setup. Uh, I, I I when I first saw uh, the the balloon aprons. I thought this this can be right. You know, it when you wear it, it kind of makes you like a hula dancer, and it uh, it's it's not very comfortable, and it's uh, it's strain on your back. And I thought I have to come up with something better. And uh, I've I've used many different ways to sort balloons, um, but after many many years, I came up with this. Uh, and I perfected it to the point where you can uh, really easily use it. And um, many, 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 many balloon artists all over the world use them and love them uh, and would not uh, go back to the old systems, even if I paid them double or triple what they paid for. Ziv is one of them. And uh, 
and uh, you can get more details on the organizer uh, website uh, and ZV will put all the links so yeah. you can have them yeah for sure and uh, like I'm taking uh, one set to WBC like just to hold the balloons for myself uh, this will all already air after WBC but uh, it will be interesting to show it around so yeah I, I use the organizers on all of my events it's really cool so uh Ori, i can't thank you enough for all of those years of uh of your friendship and of your mentorship and uh really you're conceived uh, uh rightfully as uh, the best balloon artist in israel and uh, from my point of view the best uh, in more aspects so really thank you so much for your time with us and for your for sharing your system with us and uh, see you soon Thank you very much for having me and uh, have fun and keep twisting everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, what an awesome interview. I really loved how generous Ori Livni was and how he articulated his system. And, you know, this uh, DVD, Figure It Out, uh, was launched and like produced many years ago. So... Considering there was no Facebook back then, it's a pretty good theory and it's very practical. I use it all the time. So today, instead of telling you what are my main takeaways from Ori's uh, uh, lecture, I would guess I can call it, I would instead of that, because really I'm taking the entire system, the entire figure it out system, I'm taking it. This is my main takeaway. Take the figure it out system and work by it. And that's my recommendation to you. And if you need to memorize it, just hear the podcast again and again, and you can memorize it this way. Uh, but I want to announce the competition. So Ori Livni was very generous and he uh, offered us the following competition. He will go into the comment section of the website balloonartistpodcast.com in the website there is a podcast tab you go to it you find the Ori Livni chapter 9 and then in the comment section you will find a picture of an of an item that you need to recreate with balloons this is something you need to do while taking into consideration the entire figure it out system so you need to make it as close to the picture as possible and you need to post your pictures within the next two weeks by the end of the two weeks the person that will post a picture of a balloon sculpture that looks as similar to the original picture as possible and Ori Livni will be the judge of that he will get three organizers for free including shipping all over the world so it's a huge amount of value that you're capable of getting by competing in this competition now a short message to professional balloon artists that already won this kind of awards for example this is for you peter van engen if you are competing here awesome we want to encourage people that are uh, experienced in this type of work to compete if you already are an instructor or if you already won an international award in the competition then the prize that you will get is 
a digital price, and that is my ebook, the CBS Champion Building System ebook. But if you are a balloon artist who is not an instructor, you might get three organizers that will help you sort your balloons and uh, show your balloons in a professional way, and also the shipping throughout the world. So it's a really cool competition and it will improve your balloon art even if you do not win. And that was so generous of Ori to offer three originizers for you. Uh, I also promised that I will tell you what we have in front of us in the next few chapters till the end of the season, really. So I'm going to share with you the next chapter is chapter 10 and the interviewees are and it's an R, yes, it's two of them. Together, these are the amazing David and Shayna Brennan that will come to the next chapter next week. And one week after, because this is a weekly show, right? One week after, on chapter 11, we, the interviewees are, and yes, it's again another couple, it's Annie Banani and Buster Balloon on chapter 11 on the Balloon Artist Podcast, which is just uh, amazing content in, ahead of us. For chapter 12, which is the last chapter of the season, you will get a surprise interviewer, and the interviewee will be Zivi Kivi, and there's a lot of surprises waiting for you there. So... Uh, that's what's coming ahead of us. Uh, go and work on the competition. Go to the balloonartistpodcast.com website and sit there. You also can go there and use the content upgrades button. The blue button is always with the content upgrade. This means that you can download something. In this chapter, you can download something about what makes cute. And uh, it's a cute uh, PDF that will save you time. It will take you five minutes to read it and you will have some things to practice of how to make a sculpture cuter. So that's all for season one, chapter nine of the Balloon Artist Podcast. This is the tip section of chapter 9 of the Balloon Artist Podcast. Season 1, chapter 9, tip section. Here we go. Today I'm going to talk about how to make balloons on an airplane. I know it's not something you're supposed to do that often, but if you are on an airplane and you need to impress the stewardess or someone who is sitting near you. It's a great way to make a conversation. So here are a few tips that will help your marketing on airplanes. Uh, so first of all, don't make a lot of noise with it and don't do it before you create any kind of a connection with the person. So maybe just uh, look at his eyes a bit, maybe show him the uninflated balloon before you start. You don't have to talk, you can even do it without talking, but make sure that you're not totally surprising them with the inflating of the balloon because it's an airplane and it might be scary for them, okay? You don't want to alarm someone on an airplane. That makes sense. Now, what you need to do is you need to work with as little balloons as possible and 
under-inflate the balloons. So basically you can make a flower or a ring or a cute little pico. Here's a shout out for Matt Falloon. Anything that is small and soft. I usually do rings and flower bouquets or like uh, the hand wrist thing. And the most important thing, and this is a, t- a tip again that uh, I had the opportunity of uh, getting from Guy Schaeffer, Uh, the most important thing is to work with extremely soft bubbles. So before you start to twist, you soften every time the bubbles, and that helps to make the squeaking noise not as loud as they might be. Of course, you can work with gloves like a professional, like uh, David uh, Brennion works with gloves, and Ori Livnik work with gloves, and Rob Balchunas work with gloves, and I work with gloves Uh, occasionally but if you don't have your gloves on you on an airplane because it's really it's actually a little bit weird if you do like what are you doing with gloves on an airplane but if you don't have them you can uh, just work with software bubbles so that was the tip section of chapter nine of season one balloon artist podcast nation see you soon the balloon artist podcast is brought to you by would you like to know what do you have in your balloon stock in your balloon inventory do you want to have this list on you anywhere you go would you like a way that you can just order your balloons on your mobile phone whenever you want to and maintain lists of balloons for each project all of this including a barcode scanner feature and many other cool features like select a balloon by icon or by text All of this can be yours if you purchase the Balloon Stock app. Look for it on iOS and on Android devices. Your iPhone can include this today. Download and buy Balloon Stock now before its price goes up.